everybody welcome welcome um so um my name is sheila malloy and i'm the education and training manager with educate plus um and this morning we're going to listen to and chat with craig teagle who i'm intru i'll introduce in a second and um, firstly i'm just going to tell you a little bit about how this morning will run uh, some of you may have joined us in these events before but i'm just going to run through a little bit of housekeeping with you um, this was set up as a webinar, but Craig wants a little bit more interaction with you guys. So I'm promoting you all to panelists, which means that you will be able to join us in the room. And I would ask that if you're not speaking, you'd mute yourselves. Um, Craig is going to start his presentation. And if you've questions throughout, can I ask that you put them into the chat or the Q&A function at the very bottom of your screen? And we'll get to these at an appropriate time in the session and you can speak directly to Greg, Craig if you would like. And um, there's a few places in the session where Craig will look for interaction with participants. So when he asks, please feel free to unmute yourselves to speak. Um, and apologies if this sounds like you're back in school and I'm the main teacher, but uh, this way we can keep everything on track with as little interruption as possible. Um, to let you know that this session is being recorded and it will be available on our website this evening in the 2020 resources section. You just have to make sure you're logged into view. And please, if you haven't already, um, register for the session next week on the 29th, same time with Craig. Um, so a little bit about Craig and it's hard to pack such a huge career into a few seconds. Um, we consider ourselves very lucky to have Craig back. Um, some of you will have heard him speak at the New South Wales uh, conference last year. Um, and he has an amazing array of experience in building businesses and knows firsthand about managing yourself and showing leadership in small and large businesses. Um, he worked in Adobe Systems for over 17 years and he was responsible for overseeing operations in 10 countries and managing 105 staff. So I think he knows a little bit about leadership and self-management. Um, he also has experience of working with school boards and executive directors, so he can relate to a lot of your roles. So please join me in welcoming Craig um, to share his knowledge. So Craig, whenever you want to start, I'm going to be clicking away in the background here, uh, sharing participants, um, inviting them into the room. Um, so. Yep, if you'd like to share your screen, Craig, and start, that's fine. Fantastic. It's just giving me, this says I can't share at this moment. The host is disabled. Right, just give me one second. My host. Yeah. Okay, you should be able to do it now. I'm just going to open the uh, slideshow anyway in case you can't get it open. Okay. Perfect. Starting. We're there. We can see your screen now. Yep, that's it. Fantastic. Hey, thanks, Sheila. Good morning, everybody. It's uh, terrific to be um, back, you know, working and engaging with um, leaders across, um, you know, the Educate Plus team. Uh, it's Friday, and I don't know how you're feeling, but uh, it's certainly been a huge week for me. And uh, as much as I'm loving um, being here and being a part of it, I'm also loving even more the fact that, um, that it's Friday. And uh, it's been a super busy week, uh, a super crazy week, actually. But as I was talking to uh, one of my clients this morning, 
Um, every week has probably been a super crazy week for the last, you know, 12 weeks. So um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, I'm sure all of you can agree on just, you know, what you've been going through um, in your school or university or organization um, and the change that's been taking place for you um, in, and for your, you know, for your teams, your staff, your students. It's just been, it's been incredible. So um, as Sheila said, I'm really open for um, anyone to jump in and ask questions um, as we go through this. I am going to get to a point where I'm going to you know, invite you guys to participate and engage in just some of the discussion around this. Uh, and I'm going to do it through a bit of a visualization exercise that I do with leaders um, when I'm normally face to face. But you know, in this uh, interesting world, we're adapting to doing things in different ways. Uh, and so we're going to do the so what would normally be the, the big group exercise around um, visualization onto a virtual um, approach today, and we'll see how we go. So um, any questions you have at any stage, feel free to ask, um, but let's, um, let's roll through it. And, um, and I hope that there's some things that you can take away from this today that will just help you stop and we'll think a little bit about how you're leading, how you're managing the change, uh, maybe reflective back on how you have led yourself, um, your team, your organisation in the last 12 weeks, um, but also about thinking forward as well um, and what you can be doing um, as we go forward. Isn't it lovely? The doorbell rings in my house as I'm, um, to <laughs> as I'm talking. Um, look, Sheila, I think, just covered everything off um, as far as my previous experience. I think I get here because of 17 years of working for Adobe, um, and I'm sure all of you know that company from your Photoshop or Illustrator or... Um, Acrobat engagements, um, your teams, yourself are probably using the Creative Cloud um, for a lot of your communication work um, across, you know, your school or organisation. So, you know, a fantastic 17 years. But I came back to Australia again um, about five years ago after living overseas for 10 years working in London and uh, Beijing and then seven years um, in Tokyo. Uh, and really wanted to come back and spend some time with my family and my parents. And I thought about what I really loved doing most while I was um, overseas, and that was really about helping teams to be the best they could possibly be, because my belief is that you're only as good as the people that you've got working for you, and if you can help your people work um, at 120%, then you're operating and working at 120%. And so... You know, my efforts were really around my team and my people. And it didn't matter that I worked for a really fantastic organization that had market-leading products and um, a, a great web presence and a whole lot of um, other benefits. Um, it was really about what the people inside the organization were doing and how they were um, operating and leading that was going to make the difference and a big business difference to um, the way uh, in which our organization succeeded. And so... With all of that in mind, I really came back and decided to start this business called People Make the Difference. Um, and again, back to philosophically, that's, you know, the, the belief. Um, and I really went out there and focused on doing one-to-one -one work, um, thinking it would all probably happen in the IT industry, um, but it didn't. Uh, and so I have a whole lot of commercial clients across a range of different industries. Um, but I also got involved in um, a, an independent school. Uh, and joined the council of that school and then subsequently became the chair of council for the school. Um, and so that gave me another perspective. And through that, um, a lot of doors opened in working with heads of schools um, and executive teams 
um, and, you know, and heads of um, advancement and engagement, like lots of people on this you know, webinar today. Um, and that now makes up probably half of my business. So it's really interesting um, to get to work with a really different group of people and to see it from different perspectives. Um, from a school, it's about, you know, helping leaders to lead down into their organization. But as a chair of council, it's also about helping leaders manage upwards into their council and the relationship they have with their board and with um, their chair. So it's been really fantastic. Um, and I also get to, I'm also chair a, a financial services company as well um, on the for-profit side. So I'm sort of seeing it from you know, both perspectives. You know, I was reminded um, in March um, that uh, it was nine years ago um, since uh, the great um, earthquake in Tokyo and the uh, tsunami that followed. And at that stage, I was living and working in Tokyo. Uh, and so um, the last, either probably the first few weeks of the pandemic, and as I was working with different leaders, I probably had my own case of PSTD, I think, to a degree, because I was sort of going back to what had happened for me um, when I was in Tokyo. And that was really the first time that I had to lead, I think, through crisis, um, you know, through a change that was forced on us so quickly uh, and how I was going to operate through that. And we had 300 employees in our Tokyo office who all then went to remote working from home not dissimilar to what you probably experienced in many of your schools with children moving to a distant learning program, you know, you know, and staff, you know, being asked to build a distant learning program in two weeks, um, um, you know, when probably had you have asked them under normal circumstances, they would have said, I need 12 to 18 months to get that done. Um, it was, you know, it was, an, it's, it was an amazing amount of pressure on us to work out how do we communicate, how do we engage, how do we, uh, manage the well-being um, of this team of people who were going to be located all over Japan um, because we didn't want the fear of bringing them into the office, then have one of the Fukushima power plants explode um, and then try them trying to get home, you know, whilst this, you know, cloud of, you know, potential nuclear dust was flowing over the country. And so it was such an unknown thing at the time, very similar to what, you know, the unknowns of what we've been dealing with in the last 12 weeks. Um, and so there wasn't really, you know, there was a playbook for maybe managing earthquakes. Um, there wasn't really a playbook for managing tsunami or what you're going to be doing with a nuclear power plant, nor has there been a playbook on how you deal with a pandemic, um, you, know, uh, you know, or how you're operating, you know, within your school or organisation. So, you know, lots of flashbacks to what was going on back there. Um, but I think it also, it, it taught me at that stage the things that were really important for leadership around communication um, and around, you know, the well-being of people. And I think a lot of that's what I've been, was doing in the first six weeks of um, this pandemic with leaders was really around how do we, um, you know, sort of get through this initial immediate need to work out you know, the way in which we're going to operate, um, you know, in this new world. So it's you know, leading through change is never easy. Um, is that binging in my ears and I have to think about Sheila? No. No. I think that the comment I wanted to make to everybody is that um, as leaders, um, everyone's watching how we lead. Um, it doesn't matter whether you're a an individual leader on your own um, and you're in your school, you are the 
um, the head of um, advancement, engagement, communication, whatever it is in your school, and you are a sole individual contributor, um, but you're a part of the executive team of the school, or you're a larger organisation um, and you have a team of people underneath who are that you're leading, um, as well as you know your role as you know a member of the leadership team of the of the school or organisation too. It's interesting. Everyone's watching our responses. Um, everyone's watching our reaction to things. Um, what is our mood like? Um, what is our emotional state like? On, and how are we going to respond or react when someone gives us some good news or bad news? Um, you know, when we're thinking about our opinions or ideas, how are we going, you know, what emotional state are we in at the time in which we're sharing those um, with our team, with our peers, um, you know, with our manager? Um, it is, you know, we're always being watched on how we react to this. Um, and I, you know, what, without wanting leaders to get overly worried about it, you know, I'm conscious of making sure leaders understand that you are being watched, your response to um, things is being watched, and people are going to take their cue from you. Um, you know, if you think what's happened just with, you know, COVID and, uh, and the last 12 weeks, you know, people are probably looking for leadership to provide some direction on what's going on. We've all been doing that when we look at government, um, uh, when we are looking at um, just the, the response from, uh, you know, the, the experts, so to speak, around this and how we're going to deal with that. But then that cascades down into the organisation um, and they're now looking at leaders in the, inside the organisation to say, what are we doing? Um, and depending on um, how we respond and react, um, what emotional state we are in in that particular time, people are going to pick up on that. If we are fearful, um, if we're worried, if we're concerned about what's going on, um, and we give off too much of that fear and concern as leaders, then the reaction of people is, oh my goodness, I need to get worried. I need to be really fearful about this and concerned. Now, there's every right for people to be worried and concerned about things, but that's going to be tempered and managed by how well the leader is able to share um, what has to happen without giving off too much fear or concern or underplaying it too much for it not to be seen as being an issue at all by the leader. It's a very interesting position that we're in. Um, and so just on that concept of everyone's watching you, um, you need to be thinking all the time about what state am I in emotionally as I go and tackle and deal with this particular issue um, or challenge that you're working on. I just threw up in here the five different um, sort of uh, types of change that can happen inside an organisation. Um, and I'm sure that um, I've given Sheila the deck so she can um, make this available to you in the normal ways in which you can get that. Um, but I think the interesting thing for us is that if you look at this sort of um, number three and number four, I think in ways that's what we've been dealing with in the last 12 weeks or so. It's this, you know, I would sort of call it the sweeping dramatic change um, that would that, that's happened. That um, It's been immediately imposed on us. Now, in a way, I think that's probably a bit more like the tsunami and earthquake. It just happened so quickly and it was occurred and we had to go and do it. We had a bit of a heads up of what was going on with COVID and we knew it was going to potentially head into a particular direction. So you could argue that it's transitional change. Um, but, you know, the, the whichever way you deal with this, this is not something the organisation thought about. Um, this is not a strategic plan. Um, you know, or some sort of developmental change that, you know, has been discussed and considered and planned out. And now we're going to be executing that change. This is way more forced upon us. 
um, than what you would typically get, you know, in a, in a change environment. Uh, and so that's got to be taken into consideration when we're thinking about how we are going to be, you know, operating and leading through that. Um, I think what we're now moving towards, though, as I, you know, and this week I spent a lot of time talking to different leaders in schools. Um, and, you know, we're having this transition of students coming back. We're transitioning off distance ed back into um, the classroom again, which is fantastic. Um, but I think we sort of, we need to consider about this move back to, you know, number two, which is the um, developmental change, because I think what's come out of the, um, the change that's been forced on us and the leadership that's been provided, you know, is some really cool initiatives and outcomes that are going to become part of the practice um, of your school or your organisation going forward. You know, and I know this from our own experience as well of the school that I'm chairing, but if you come back to thinking about how you've been communicating for the last 12 weeks, um, you know, the types of email, web, social media, um, you know, virtual um, things that you've been setting up, um, uh, you know, the way in which you may have been incorporating video, um, you know, into it, how you've managed your open days and things that you've been doing. Um, it's been very different, you know, and some of it's been really successful. And some of it, you know, without, you know, COVID happening, you may have been reluctant to try um, or you would have had resistance from it inside the school um, or the organisation, but being forced to do it and people seeing it actually can work and be really beneficial um, and deliver some really interesting results might be something that you want to be incorporating um, and changing on a more permanent basis um, as schools come back. So that's why I think the shift is coming back to this sort of development change or developmental change. And I think people need to think about taking the great work that you've been leading and doing um, over the course of the last 12 weeks and lead that going forward into the organisation. Um, you know, as I said, as we were talking in a council meeting just last week, you know, the reality is that because of the distant learning program that we put in place and have been using and about to step back from, we will ongoingly provide those students who have an injury or an illness that forces them to be at home for a long period of time a much better at-home learning experience than we have ever delivered in the past. Um, what an incredible legacy to be getting out of all of this. Now, I say that without wanting to have COVID again. You know, it's not something you want to have to force this to happen. But if we shift our thinking as leaders away from the negative that we are forced to listen to all the time and come back to the positives of what we have been doing as leaders um, and what you've been implementing in your school for the last 12 weeks, there is some super cool stuff um, that you need to go and lead further into your organisation. One of the things I think I mentioned when we were talking last year, but I talk, do this a lot with my um, leaders and teams that I'm working with, is get people to really become aware of, you know, their, their themselves, um, their emotional intelligence. And for some of you, you may have gone and done, you know, an emotional intelligence appraisal at some stage. Um, where some, where, you know, through a series of answering questions, you've been assessed around, um, you know, your self-awareness, your self-management, as this illustration shows, um, around the social side, which is the, you know, your social awareness or relationship management. Um, if you haven't done this, there's a whole host of free online tools available that you can use to do it. Just go Google um, emotional intelligence quiz um, and you'll get some options. Um, I use one from a company called Talent Smart. Um, and you can go and use theirs too. 
um, but they do charge a, you know, a fee for it. But you get a fairly comprehensive report that comes back from it. Some of the others just give you a score and a little bit of information and that's all you get. But I think if, as you know, we think about how we lead and how we manage our emotions um, and how we manage the emotions of others, it's really important for us to be conscious um, of what we're good at doing and good at managing and what we're not so good at doing or managing and how we put ourselves in the best environment and the best place to allow ourselves to not let our emotions take hold um, of any given situation or for people to be looking at our reaction to something versus what we have to say. If you think about it, if you go into a meeting um, with a group of um, peers um, or the executive and for some reason someone's having a bad day and they lose it in that meeting um, and the meeting concludes and you've talked about lots of different things in that meeting which has been really important to the organisation but the only thing that you remember when you walk out of the room um, is about the fact that Craig lost it um, you know, in the, uh, in the exec meeting today. So, you know, you, the, the people have bad days. So let's, I want to, I don't want to dismiss that, but the reality also is that we need to make sure, um, that we are in aware of our emotions. And if we are having a bad day, if we aren't, if we know we could be reactive to something, that when we're in situations that, that could, um, show up in a particular way, then we need to make sure that we're managing ourselves um, so that that doesn't occur um, because it tends to um, diminish our credibility um, and we're being remembered for the wrong things. Um, there's expression, you want to be on the radar screen, but you want to be on the radar screen for the right things, not the wrong things. Um, and so um, emotional intelligence is a big part of that. Sheila, any questions at this point before I... Yes, there are. Um, so we have a question from Tommy. Um, if someone's middle leadership journey got off to a rocky start due to a variety of extenuating circumstances, what advice does he have about how to regain professional leadership respect from senior leaders? And this is a middle management person who's had a rocky start. Sorry, that was the mm -hmm. beginning of the question? Yes, uh, yeah. middle leadership journey got off to a rocky start, yeah. Yeah, you know what? It's hard to be in the middle. And if you're talking about a school and it's the middle of, you know, the, the middle layer of management in a school, um, you know, there's always this challenge of um, having to be up and down, you know, going, reporting and, and being involved both ways. Um, you know, my, you know, my advice would be to be, you know, to be honest and own what's gone on and the rocky start that's taken place. Um, uh, and, you know, and own that with your manager and then work through um, what are you know, the steps that you're going to take um, to get that back on you know, track again? You know, if, if someone started in term one, I'm going to say, and had a rocky start um, as they've got into this, you know, this year, um, the last 12 weeks has been so um, unusual that you know, you'd have to let, you know, sort of forgive and, and second chance and move on, I think, in lots of, lots of areas because there's been this, you know, I, I like to say underlying anxiety that's been sitting in the entire community um, and you know everyone's been impacted by it I think we've all reacted in different ways to different things at different times and thought oh that's a little unusual that I've actually got that upset about that or reacted to that but I think for all of us there's that underlying COVID anxiety um, that's been there so people are going to have made some mistakes or done some things differently um, or wish they hadn't have said what they'd said in a certain set of situations and I think 
we have to be prepared to accept that that's, you know, um, a COVID-influenced event in some cases, um, you know, and move on. Um, if this is prior to COVID and this person, you know, has had a, you know, a rocky time, um, then, you know, I would come back again, tools like, you know, a, an emotional intelligence appraisal and just understanding, you know, where they're at um, and, and really maybe laying out some, um, some goals and expectations for that person um, and without micromanaging them, spending time with them, helping them to achieve that and get themselves back on track again um, would probably be my advice. Um, and we've one more. Can you confirm the name of the emotional intelligence quiz that you use? Yes, uh, Talent Smart. Um, it's all one word. Uh, I think if you go to, it's um, talentsmart.com. Um, they are an American company, um, but it's for this, it doesn't matter where it comes from. Um, we'll share. We can share the link um, yeah. with the video anyway from yeah. uh, in the download section of the Perfect. web page. Okay. Yeah. That's. Okay. Yeah. Let me just um. This is this is what Talent Smart shows um at a and this is a client of mine who is going to remain nameless and confidential. Um, but this is what what you get at the top level of a Talent Smart um, EQ appraisal, um, and it really scores you into your overall result, but then into your personal competence and your social competence. Um, and it's very interesting, you know, the majority of people who I've done this with, and there are probably three or 400 people who've gone through this, um, there's, there's always a difference in score. Very few people flatline out with the same type of 77, 74, 72, 71 type of a score. There will be this, um, this gap, and often there is a 10-point gap between people's top score and bottom score. If you look at this person, um, you know, they have low scores around how they are managing themselves and how they're managing their own emotions and their emotional reaction, their ability to stay positive um, and flexible when, um, you know, their emotions are being raised. Um, they are stronger when it comes into how they are, you know, how aware are they of the emotions of other people um, and how do they manage those people um, through their engagement and communication with them um, in an effective way. Um, and so with this individual, a lot of the work then, you know, is focused around building um, their own self-awareness. Um, and this actual report gives suggestions of things that you can do to build the particular area that you don't score as high in. Um, and so it's, uh, I, can, I can talk about this all day, but we're not. Um, but it's just, it's very important and the message here is just becoming aware um, of uh, your yourself um, and how you manage yourself and where your strengths are in that area and where your areas of development might be. It leads into, as we were talking earlier, this whole concept of um, behaviour breeds behaviour. I think the way in which we lead, our attitude, um, you know, and how we operate will determine how others will operate and back to that comment of people looking at us all the time as leaders. So uh, as if, how we lead, people will tend to follow. And so if we model and, and demonstrate the right behaviour, um, the right attitude um, and the right emotions around things, then people are likely to pick up on that um, and follow accordingly. As I mentioned earlier, also, you know, this whole concept around communication um, is really important for me. Um, I think this is the most important part of leadership. And a lot of the time that I spend with leaders is around um, communication. 
um, and how they're communicating in their organisation and how effectively are they doing it? Are they using the appropriate channels of communication? Um, you know, it's interesting to see, um, you know, lots of leaders I've talked to in schools, particularly over the last sort of 12 weeks or so, um, have moved to video, um, you know, they've videoed themselves um, and then sent that out to staff. They've videoed themselves and incorporated into their messages have gone on to, um, you know, the, the websites um, or into social media. Uh, there's been a lot more use of technology that people probably wouldn't have used before. Um, you know, as I mentioned, you know, open days for schools have now turned into a virtual thing um, and potentially will for a while, you know, incorporation of video. How do you showcase your school or organisation, you know, virtually um, and do that in a way that's going to help continue to build enrolments um, for your school? But I think also just give reassurance to parents who've already chosen the school um, as their place for their, their children and remind them about why they did choose it because of the great things that the, um, that the school is doing. And I think in many cases, you guys have demonstrated that, you know, so comprehensively over the course of the last 12 weeks. But openness and honesty is important. This also comes back to values and I'm not gonna get into values today, but for me personally, honesty, passion, genuine uh, are my three values. Um, I would challenge you to say, what are your three values? Um, you know, and whatever those three values are, um, how are they uh, impacting uh, your emotions um, and the way in which you lead? Uh, for me, if someone lies to me, um, that has a huge impact on me uh, because of my, you know, value of honesty. Uh, you know, honest communication is really important to me as well. If I'm going to have a difficult conversation with somebody, and I need to tell them about their performance, for example, that that's not meeting expectation, I will be very honest and direct. That's just how I am, and that's what I would expect to be given to me if that was the issue for me as well. Now, sure, you're doing that with empathy and compassion around there too, but you're not you know, hiding things. I wouldn't be hiding things just because that's one of my, you know, one of my values. But think about what your values are. And if you're struggling to come up with your values, um, then I'd say really stop and think about what are those things that happen um, that really get to you in your gut, um, you know, and really upset you and think about what they are and then think about what value um, is driving that. Because often our reactions to things um, are driven because of our values. Um, and so I, you know, another, another discussion another day maybe, Sheila, but, um, mm. you know, just the values are a really important piece. Um, of all of that. And if you link them then back into the values of your school or your organisation um, and how they align, um, it also becomes another really interesting conversation too. You know, um, Jim Rohn said that, you know, effective communication is 20% of what you know and 80% about how you feel about what you know. Uh, and I think this again comes back to the emotional aspects of that and how we lead. Um, and how we share that information uh, and the way in which we can bring our teams along, um, bring our leadership organisation along um, with that communication. Uh, that knowing um, how you feel about it and being in touch with that is going to play into the way in which you go about communicating it and leading it. It's all linked together. It's, um, you know, it's super important. I threw up here just this piece about special forces, and I'm going to talk about a bit more about this next week um, when we talk about leading um, change with teams and organisations. But I want you as individuals to think about, are you a special force in your school? 
Um, you know, as change goes through any organisation, you can't just rely um, on the leadership of the organisation to the top of the organisation to be communicating everything and selling everything down into the organisation. You require other advocates um, and other people who are on board with the changes, um, with the direction that you're taking to solving a problem, with the way you're going to handle, you know, the, you know, the, the pandemic. Um, and you want them to be advocates um, and supporters of that through the organisation. You need a special force. Um, and I would ask you to think, you know, in your school, your organisation, are you a special force? Um, uh, because I think it's a really important role to be playing uh, and it's important that organisations have them when they're going through a change situation because not everyone's going to be on board. Um, you know, the human element of change is so huge and it impacts people in so many different ways um, and people very often need um, others to talk to um, about what's happening for them. Um, but the head of a school can't talk to everybody all the time. Um, you know, uh, there's got to be other members of the executive, there's got to be members of different departments, there's got to be individual teachers, um, you know, who are all advocates of the change and believe in it and are out there helping and supporting others to be able to line up um, and follow the change. Uh, and so think about that special force perspective from your own individual leadership. You know, when things happen in your organisation, are you one of the ones who line up behind it and get out there and advocate it through the organisation and support you know, the rest of the organisation to get on board? Um, uh, or are you someone that, you know, may be a resistor of change um, and needs to be convinced by others about it before you're going to be able to hop on board um, and go with it? I'm not suggesting that's wrong, but I just think there's a need in an organisation to have those people who be quickly become advocates in the special force to help those who are going to take some time to, to get used to the change and follow to come along. Um, so think about that. I threw this into the communication section because I, this has come up so much in the last uh, 12 weeks um, with different leaders and organisations around the way they communicate. And we were having this conversation about COVID and lots of people working from home and people not being at school and not being in their office and workplace. And how do you stay connected? How do you keep them, you know, motivated? How do you show gratitude? How do you... Uh, manage well-being and recognition through that period of time and you know you would do it in lots of different ways if you were together um, in this in in the workplace um, but we're not um, and so a lot of people have come back to the idea of going and getting a card and handwriting a message um, and addressing an envelope and putting a stamp on it and putting it in the mailbox um, and you know for lots of people that's almost been revolutionary um, because we don't get much in the mail anymore, maybe the odd bill um, and lots of, um, you know, selling catalogue stuff. Um, but, you know, no one, people will send a WhatsApp message or a text message or an, a quick email, um, but we don't spend the time that often handwriting um, a message that says, you know what, thank you so much for the work that you have done on blah, blah, blah. You know, I really appreciate it. You know, I hope things are going well at home. Looking forward to seeing you back at you know, school real soon. Um, if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. Take care, Craig. Um, if that arrives in the mail, um, I think people are going to be, well, I know they have because, you know, people have done it. A great example was, um, you know, some 
leaders working at home, whose kids were at home, who were doing distant learning, they got involved in an art project where they were actually designing, um, you know, the cards. Um, the, their parent went and, and uh, photocopied and, and produced. Um, they wrote their handwritten message. They put it in the mail. They mailed it to different colleagues and peers and people who they particularly wanted to get a message to. Um, and the next time they were having a Zoom session um, on something, the person is there with the card that they've got in the mail showing them, um, you know, thank you so much for the card that you sent me. They've got their kid then coming in saying, look, this is the person who just got the card that you designed that I mailed to them. And the whole experience was connected um, to the family, to the leader, to the employee, using the technology in the end, I guess, to, um, to deliver. But the experience was so simple and basic, but so powerful. So I threw it in here because it does sound simple, but, you know, we've all gone and used more, you know, different communication tools. And sometimes coming back to the basics is really good, at least to complement the things that you are doing um, electronically. This is the point I'd like to get you engaged and you thinking about this. Um, there, an exercise I do with lots of leaders um, is a visual exercise where um, I have about, I'm just trying to grab them, about sort of two or 300 different picture cards that comes from a company called um, Creative, uh, the Center for Creative Leadership. Um, and there are, and there are about 200 different picture cards and normally I would sprawl them out all over the table um, and I would pose questions to leaders um, and they would go and select a card um, and talk to the, the visual picture um, of um, their response to that question. Um, and so it's using visual um, pictures to stimulate thinking um, and, uh, and ideas and solutions to particular questions that are being posed. Because I can't get Zoom to sit over the top of um, a table full of 200 cards, nor do I ever want to try and work out which one the leader is going to pick, we decided to put all the cards face down on the table and the six members of the Teagle family who've been isolating together um, and are fortunately still alive, even we've been isolating together, almost wanted to kill them a few times. Um, but uh, the, we, I then said, go and randomly pick a card. So they randomly picked a card, and, they, and these have been the six cards I've been using with leaders over the last sort of four weeks as, we, as we've been doing Zoom sessions together to have some virtual visual engagement. So if I ask you the question, how have you been leading through the change of the last 12 weeks? Um, the last, you think about the pandemic and, the, and everything that's been going on, distance learning, working from home, dealing with your family and friends, all that has been going on, how have you been leading through change? And so this is the first card I'd like you to have a look at. And when you look at that card and think about what's there, what does that make you think about with regards to how you have been leading over the last 12 weeks? Guys, you can speak up. You'll have to unmute yourselves or else you can type in the uh, chat box please Sheila, how, are we going for, how are we going for time Sheila just so uh, we have 20 on. minutes okay cool yeah so anyone have any reaction to that what was the question again Craig sorry the question is how have you been leading um, in the last oh, how does this represent how you have been leading in the last 12 weeks 
So let me tell you a couple of things I've heard from different. Is that someone in the, in the pod? Uh, we've got focus on community and connection from Philippa. Yep. Um, sometimes I've felt alone from Di. Yep, that's, that, that, they're two good responses. Um, and, and this is one of those things where there's no right or wrong answer. It's what you take from the card. Um, you're getting a few more. I'll let you respond to those, Sheila, before I tell some stories of what teachers have told me. Uh, we've got leading my team from the front. Yep. Layers of leadership has yep. been important to lead within your team. It makes me think of the leader looking out to what's ahead without looking back to the rest of the team to see how they're reacting. Excellent. Yeah. Don't hold back. Let's keep moving forward. Yeah. That's me in the middle, watching the senior team ahead of me and then bringing my team along behind me. Wonderful. These meerkats look disconnected. My team have been more connected than ever. Mm, very good. Surely a great leader would be with their people. Russell, trying to lead collaboratively in, in involving everyone in the journey. They're all fantastic responses. As I yeah. said, there is no right or wrong answer to this. And people can see this card from a positive or a negative perspective. Um, some people, as you've indicated, would see the meerkat right out in the distance there, um, maybe as a lone leader. Um, who is disconnected from his team uh, or her team. Some people see that uh, meerkat out in the distance as the scout, um, the person who's out there ahead looking to see what's coming um, and what we need to be aware of so that the rest of the team can be prepared for that. Um, you know, with the team together, um, the leader, you know, with the team just to the left, um, not far away, um, but still a little bit separated from the team because they're going to have to be some decisions sometimes that the leader will have to make um, that the team may not have necessarily agreed on, um, but a decision needs to be made, so therefore the leader does that. Um, some people see the leader as being the meerkat right out in the distance, so far away with their ideas and thinking, and no one is behind them. They are so far back and removed from the leader um, that it's all disconnected um, and the team is way back, the leader's way up in front and he's not bringing them along with them. So there's lots of different ways in which this can be viewed. Um, and, you know, the, the thinking behind this is just, have you been leading in a way that you feel like um, brings the team along with you, um, helps the team be in the best position to be able to go execute the decisions that they need to go and make, prepares the team, in some cases, for what might be coming, depending on which way you view this slide. So lots of different leadership things can come out of that. But really great responses, really, you know, terrific responses. Okay, this was the second one of, we're not, we're not doing the whole six cards, we're doing three, um, but this is the, an, another one of the cards that we randomly selected. So again, same question, how does this card um, represent you know, the ways in which you have been leading um, throughout the pandemic over the last 12 weeks? I think if you could pack webinars and Zoom meetings into all those um, baskets, that's me in underneath them all. Or guys, feel free to respond either verbally or if you want to put it in the chat and I'll read it out. 
Uh, oh, flying in. Um, where was the one I was looking at? Sorry. Uh, strength and determination, nothing stopping this leader, man. Finding the balance or trying to. Managing a lot at once, but there are gaps. Juggling everything, but still staying on track. Taking it all in and forging ahead. They're all great. It's all fantastic. They're still moving forward. Another one. Yep. Yep. The, a lot of people would see it just like that, that the efficiency of that man getting all of those different types of baskets, different sizes, um, all balanced around um, that, um, uh, the, the carriage that's, that's going on um, is pretty amazing. Um, and he's obviously focused and determined to go where he needs to go um, with that. Uh, some people can see it as being chaos and disorganised and there's all these different baskets all over the place. Um, and he hasn't got control of what's going on and maybe he needs to delegate more um, and, uh, you know, just reorganise himself. Um, some, depending on the mood, this is really comes back to emotions um, and a leader that I had last week who obviously wasn't having a very good day said that in this card, he was the horse. Um, his boss was the man sitting on him, riding him, um, you know, to get stuff done. And I thought, okay, you're having a tough day. Um, uh, but it's, it just, again, highlights just different people's perspectives of a particular card and in whatever emotional state they might be in can impact that. Sheila, is there any other comments? I just saw this pop yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, there's a few more. Um, we are many things to many people and we are trying to juggle many different roles, responsibilities, pieces of work, but still moving forward. Um, a balancing act to keep all the baskets moving forward. Balance is a good way to look at it, poor guy. <laughs> Composed <laughs> and balanced with many competing demands. Yeah. Lots of people see that, you know, the unbalance though is being really, you know, good on him and sufficient. He's managing it all and he's getting going. You know, you've got lots of different things on your plate. And I'm sure all of you have got a zillion things there that you're trying to balance and manage. And you do it successfully, you know, the majority of the time. Here's a good one. One person carrying the load, no team in sight. Yeah. Yep. I guess it is a good one. Okay, really nice, you know, responses. And it reflects, again, what that one card can mean to uh, an individual. And to me personally, doing this with different leaders, you know, over the course of last month has been so much fun because you get to just see so many different people's views of one card. I see it one way. Um, I've seen it. 30 different other ways and today another you know sort of 30 or 40 different views as well so it's fantastic okay this is the last of the cards we'll look at today what does this say to you about your leadership um, over the last 12 weeks Hard work reaps rewards. <laughs> Too many words for me. Uh, nurture in caring hands. Getting your hands dirty to provide lots of support. Looking after other people's well-being. 
in the trenches, but there will be rewards. Yeah. Working hard, getting my hands dirty, but still being mindful to be delicate with others during a stressful time. Hard work, strong, yet gentle support. A delicate load to nurture. Looking after the key things that are important. Working hard, but being gentle. Keeping your team close at all times. Holding everyone close to keep them well and safe. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, can I tell you the interesting... Uh, just jump in, Sheila, there's more that come up at you. Yeah, there's another one. Working, working hard to keep a team together and intact. Workhorse for the gentle giant who cares. It's really interesting. Lots of people go to the tomatoes um, as the main thing of this and start talking about the nurturing side um, and, you know, and getting, uh, looking after well-being um, aspects um, uh, and developing those really great tomatoes. Um, and others, particularly educators, um, go to the man himself. Um, the, the, and if you look at that slide closely, his hands are, are dirty and cracked um, uh, the shirt is dirty. Um, you know, there's a lot of hard work gone into getting those tomatoes to be, you know, where they are. Um, and I think for lots of leaders, you know, this reflects um, what or the, how they are leading, which is around the whole concept of I'm in there in the trenches, um, you know, with my team. I'm going to roll my sleeves up and get in there, hands dirty and do what needs to be done. I'm going to be, if I'm on my own, I'm the only one who's getting in there, rolling up my sleeves and doing it. But to get those tomatoes, I'm going to have to go, you know, and, um, and do that. And I think, you know, the whole concept of, you know, I'm not going to expect anybody to do anything and I'm not going to do myself. And I'm sure that's a lot of the way in which you are leading in your organisations um, reflects, you know, this type of image where someone's putting in a ton of hard work um, and is going to, uh, do whatever they can to make sure they can, you know, produce the best tomato, the best communication, the best virtual tour of the school, the best whatever it's going to happen to be. Um, and I think it's really, it's really important. Um, you guys have, you know, been in the trenches for the last 12 weeks in lots of ways um, in dealing with lots of the issues that have been going on inside your organisation. Um, it's actually positive um, from that is often the relationships that you build um, and the, um, I guess, the learning that you get of one another um, when you are put into a crisis situation in the trenches doing everything you possibly can. Um, and I think you'd find in most organisations, everyone's been in the trenches. There's no one sitting up on the high ground um, and, the, and the rest down there. They're, you're all in there together. And I think that's an important part of this slide. Okay, thank you um, for the feedback. Uh, it's, uh, it's really interesting to get the perspective and I think using those cards gives you a whole lot of different ideas about you know, leading and the things that you've been doing and others have been doing that have obviously proven to be very you know, important um, and successful over the last, you know, definitely the last 12 weeks. I started at the beginning um, with a slide of the tsunami um, and the story about being in Tokyo. I finish with um, a picture of the team of people in Japan um, who um, this is part of the 300 people um, and it was taken the first day in which we came back to um, the office again 
um, after you know being sort of separated for what was I think three weeks in the end um, that we were working remotely. So in the scheme of things, less than you know what people have been going through with the COVID climate. Um, but I think the fact that we went through this, you know, we went through the tsunami and earthquake together, um, and you know the team appreciated the support um, that was provided in a whole range of different uh, ways. That when they came back, you know, they came back with the resilience and the determination um, and the drive to want to rebuild um, the business um, and their relationships with the community um, post um, the event occurring. And I guess I'd say as you're leading now, um, it is going to be that you have been in the trenches together um, and, you know, and supporting one another through this. Um, and, you know, you're going to, as we come out of it, um, it's now going to be how do you go and lead the, you know, the amazing things that you have been doing in your organisation um, and in your school um, and continue to take those and leverage and benefit from those um, for the ongoing success because um, I don't believe really that the last 12 weeks have been for nothing um, from a positive perspective. It's certainly been very hard and we definitely don't want it have it happening again, but it's happened um, and I think we have to have a look at what has come out of this that's been really good. What practices do we want to take on board and keep and do going forward? Um, you know, and how do we leverage some of the change that's been forced upon us because of the last 12 weeks and go, you know what, that wasn't so bad. Um, we can do this going forward. We can get cost savings by doing these things in this way, but still get the same result or even better. So choosing you know, outcomes in the last 12 weeks and leading those in your organization um, and championing the things that you believe are important um, uh, is going to be really important. We're in that sort of developmental phase of change. Um, and whether you're an individual, whether you're in a big team, a small team, you're part of an organization that is, you know, has done some pretty cool stuff and will continue to do that. These people here were part of an organization that went through a, you know, a major, you know, event, um, and came out and at the other, other side, we were more successful post the tsunami and earthquake than we had ever been prior to it. Um, and the relationship that I had with that team of people by being in the bunkers with them through that crisis um, was the basis and foundation for all of that success going forward. So all really important that you take what you've done and the leadership that you've been given or been giving and take it forward um, as we come out of this slowly. Um, but, um, you know, we take with it some really cool stuff. So think about how you're, you know, as an individual, how you're leading, come back to your, you know, EQ um, and just get aware of your emotional um, intelligence. Do an online appraisal, grab the free one, go and do the um, Talent Smart one, which I think is about 49 US dollars. Um, and, you know, if you're not aware already, get aware. Um, if you think you're aware, maybe still do the test because the reality is you might not be as aware as you think you are. Um, sometimes we can, you know, think we're in touch with some things and maybe we're, we're not. So go and do that. Check on your values, you know, and just check on the impact of those and how they are influencing, you know, how you're leading. Um, and remember that everyone is looking at us as leaders, um, particularly as we go through change. 
Um, and so as an individual, um, just check on yourself. Um, put yourself in the best possible situations. Give yourself a break if you're feeling stressed you know, or overwhelmed by something. Don't go to a meeting um, that's on um, if you feel like you can't go to that meeting and be at your best. Um, organize your calendars and another whole conversation can, around this with leaders is around no point having back-to-back -back meetings all day. Um, you will never feel good um, as you go through the day and you will never not have at some point some explosion um, you know, where it's all just coming to, it's just all come together. I think you've got to think about planning your day, your meetings, giving yourself a gap if you need to, even if it's 15 minutes, even if you've got a chance to go and grab a cup of coffee, go to the bathroom, take a walk outside for two seconds, get your head space right before you walk into the next meeting. It's so important to um, your contribution, your success, your credibility in many ways that you manage your emotional state um, before you go into any situation where you are either leading a discussion, participating in a discussion, um, planning something, whatever it might happen to be, make sure that you're just, you know, in check with yourself and your emotions um, and that you're leading um, in the best way you possibly can. Are there any questions that people would like to ask? Everyone's quiet. Um, I, I certainly think you've given us plenty of uh, food for thought there. 